Hey. <laughs> hey, something's happened. Hey, something major has happened. Um, it's not been 24 hours yet, but we here at Honey This Podcast feel we need to bring you an important gender update. As EJ said to me earlier, this is a category five gender event. It's urgent. It, it needs to be covered. And I think that we're the ones who who need to bring you um, that, that information. I think we are the ones. I think we're the ones. Um, Welcome to Henny. This podcast isn't big enough for the two of us. My name's Merit. My name's EJ. Um, and we are podcasters. <laughs> uh, we so are. We're professional podcasters. We're professional podcasters. We got four yeah. episodes out. This will be our fourth one. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, cool. so, in case you haven't heard yet, um, <laughs> Gerard Way wore a cheerleading uniform last night in Nashville. Um, and that's the event that's really shaken the nation today. Um, that's-, that's... I really feel like, I feel like I woke up this morning and it was a new world. I think, yeah. here's my conspiracy theory, Gerard Way is responsible for the, um, forgiveness of student loan <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Gerard Way wearing- a cheerleading uniform is single-handedly responsible for Joe Biden for giving any amount of student loans. So shout Absolutely. out to them for that. Absolutely. Um, also, they're yeah. responsible for me um, surviving a car accident this weekend. Hey. Oh, <laughs> so true. Check EJ, that out. We're, we're very glad EJ is alive and well. Oh, yeah. But they are in Arkansas. I'm so not stuck. ideal. <laughs> no, yeah. It's like I could be dead, but instead I'm in Arkansas for a week, which like... <laughs> It's a trade-off. So you're in purgatory, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll make that trade-off. But I do feel like I, like, the the patron saint of making it to MCR shows did intervene and save my life um, in what Definitely. would have been a bad car accident. But everybody's fine. Everyone's fine. We're very grateful for that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I did get to survive to see Gerard Way in a pleated skirt. In a little skirt. I can't be mad about that. I can't complain no. about that. No. Can't complain. So... Uh, we have thoughts about this, obviously. Everyone's got thoughts about this. Feelings. Everyone's got thoughts and feelings. And you know what? Most of them have been so good. They've been really good and moving. Most of them have and... been beautiful. Yeah. Like, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we're right there with you that we have, we, we, we need to talk about the cheerleader thing. <laughs> we you need to talk, talk about just, about like, it. how important of a moment this is, too, overall. Um, yeah. And, yeah. I, I mean, number one, that's evident. If you log on to Tumblr right now, you can see that every, like, this, everyone is shaken by this, because it is, yeah. it's major. So we wanted to talk about, I guess, like, the background for why it's a major event, and yeah. um, just kind of read some, some themes, like we do. Um, we love to read some themes for you develop guys. Develop some theory. Um, we love it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is a, it's going to be a pretty off the cuff episode because like, yeah, we just got the idea to do this uh, last night. <laughs> so, of course, obviously. Obviously. Yeah. Um, we've got some thoughts. We wrote an outline real quick. So um, yeah, we got a lot of thoughts. Let's get into it. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. So, hey. Yeah. Uh, Gerard Way. Fun little gender. Um, <laughs> I've heard that said about them before. Yeah, pretty cool gender going on there. Pretty cool gender going on there for a long time. Pretty cool gender going yeah, on there. Huh? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I guess we wanted to start by going over some things Gerard has said about their gender, like specifically, and uh, I guess like things. 
not necessarily right. things that lead up to the moment of somebody wearing a skirt on stage, but like it's context. It's very important context to have. I think that we've talked a lot. We've talked a lot like across the three episodes we've done about just like whatever about Gerard experiencing quote unquote gender deviance, gender nonconformity, stuff like that. We've talked about that, but we haven't really talked specifically about the, the words that they have used to describe yeah. their gender. And I think that talking about those things now and like looking at the things that they've said really makes them wearing a skirt on stage feel very poignant and intentional in a way that like it might not if you didn't know these things about their gender. I mean, yeah, we've talked we've talked about gender themes in MCR. I think a lot of the things that we wanted to point to today, though, are things from after the band broke up. Interviews that, that he gave, tweets that he posted, just about experiences with gender that he has had um, in his earlier life. And um, right. also, like, after, like, thinking it through after the band. So I did go back to the Reddit at AMA. Um, and, oh, nice. Good. and looked through that, which is really, I don't know if you want to read any of this cause you've transcribed things pretty well. Sure. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So, I mean, the Reddit AMA is like the first place that you see Gerard, like openly acknowledging gender stuff. I mean, that's not necessarily true. I think that like there have been interviews and stuff with the band before then mm-hmm. where Gerard has talked about how he dressed in very convincing drag when he was in art school and how he would just like not like, use his voice so that people wouldn't, like, Mm -hmm. clock him as, like, quote-unquote not a girl or whatever. But, yeah, so the Reddit AMA is the first place where he, like, outwardly talks about um, specifically gender issues, right? Quote-unquote gender issues is what he says. Um, So someone goes to this Reddit AMA and says, like, um, hey, you really helped me come to terms with my gender identity and stuff like that. And he says, I've always been sensitive to those with gender issues and have always identified a fair amount with the female gender and began to express this at a certain point in MCR with look and performance style. Quote, unquote, masculinity for me has always made me feel like it wasn't right. So. Yeah. 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 And thinking about like how specifically the performance aspects of MCR were what opened that up for them. That's so amazing. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. You see that a lot. And we, we've talked a lot about their stage presence and the things that they, among others, have done on stage and mm-hmm. um, specifically their, like, mannerisms. And it's great to hear, like, yeah, that is intentional. It's intentionally feminine. It's intentionally flamboyant. Yeah, and that the, 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 the he did specifically think about that as processing gender. That, right, like, definitely. We're not crazy for reading that. That's right. That's text. <laughs> that's text. Yeah. That's text. That's true. That's true to his life. Yeah. yeah. Also, there's another on that AMA. There's another like a side post that he just yeah. posts. It's like it was really freeing to be able to talk about gender there. That's it's beautiful. It's cool. It's beautiful. There's Twitter stuff too. A lot of Twitter posts. I spent a, a long time being very confused about gender when I was younger and. Uh, posting about pronouns and mm-hmm. um, what pronouns they prefer to use that they don't really care also is another, I think, follow-up tweet that I should include whenever somebody asks on Gerard tweets if Gerard mm-hmm. uses they, them pronouns. Yes. They do. They do. <laughs> yes, they I do. <laughs> I, I post it every couple of months because someone forgets. Um, but the, yeah. the addendum of, like, I don't actually care how you, what you call me is right, yeah. important as well. Um, Correct. And this is also, like, in context, like, he's 
talking to Laura Jane Grace, who is a mm-hmm. wonderful trans musician, um, asking her if he used um, they them pronouns for her, whether that would be misgendering her. And Laura Jane Grace, they said, I think that they them should be the default for everybody. So no. And Gerard said, I like they them too. And then someone was like, hey, does this mean that you use they them pronouns? And he said, I have always preferred he they. Yeah. So there you go. There it is. That is that is the last thing that we have documented of them talking about their gender. They said, mm-hmm. I've always preferred he, they. People can use whatever. I don't really have a preference. Do you want to talk about the Boyzine stuff? Yeah. So they did an interview with a zine called Boyzine, which I think, I think I got this from a TikTok, but I think it is marketed as feminism for boys or something. Oh, cool. I don't know. Which is hilarious. Really, really yeah. funny. Um, But it's in Boyzine. But they're asked something about... Um, identifying with femininity or identifying with feminism or um, identifying with gender stuff. Um, And they say, there was a time when I was called a girl so often that when I discovered the idea of transgenderism, I considered myself to be more of a girl. So I identify with trans people and women a lot because I was a girl to a lot of people growing up. When I was doing MCR, I think I finally got to display my femininity through the glam theatrical aspects of the band. It made me feel more hopeful that I was allowed to be flamboyant. I want to make sure women and men and everyone in between feel safe and empowered. Yeah, there's a lot there. <laughs> yeah, first of all, the quote, I consider myself to be more of a girl. I was a girl to a lot of people, like adopting it, whether or not it's... It's so, it's such a strange way of putting it. Like, it's such a different way of understanding gender than I am personally used, used to. But also, the, I think that's what makes it so cool that that's how they passed through finding out that they enjoy being feminine that's the thing is like because they weren't into all of the same like masculine things that was maybe expected of a young boy therefore Mm -hmm. because they were not performing those aspects of masculinity they were a girl again jude butler Judy B's in the room again. The bag. <laughs> right? Just this idea of, like, if you are not performing these aspects of being a man, are you a man anymore? Mm-hmm. Like, I think that that's a really interesting question. And I yeah. think it's, like, something that they really understand with a lot of complexity. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love how this, like, just very small quote doesn't close anything off. It's like, here's right. how I felt. Here's how I kind of continue to feel. And, like, it's not a, it's not a statement of anything it's just about how they had encountered femininity and got to practice it and then there's a couple of other small gender things lola for example lola plus g lola who is a genderless what it what is is lola a monkey or is that just a general human <laughs> don't <shape>? know <laughs> don't know lola's lola's gerard's fursona yeah <laughs> Genderless, speciesless, um, pink, pink humanoid Gerard character <laughs> with like kind of a cat face almost. Yeah. And they're like kind of Gerard, but also they're not. They're also yeah. a separate. Does Gerard post from Lola's account? No one knows. That's this is an aside, but the, the Lola plus G account was posting about being at the Cincinnati show tonight and said that they would be in the pit. And the, but Gerard's gonna be on the stage, <laughs> so so watch out for Lola in the pit. I guess if watch you're out be for Lola in the pit. <laughs> Jesus, 
And then they also filmed a video for, um, it wasn't Drag Race specifically, it was like the Bob the Drag Queen spinoff. I know Bob the Drag Queen reached out to Gerard. I would love to be privy to that conversation. Yes, what would I give to be able to make that phone call? Um, But yeah, Gerard recorded a video for someone who was doing a performance of Black Parade, I think, encouraging them. It's just nice, like... Yeah, that Gerard nice. went out of their way to like make this video for um, mm-hmm. a drag queen, and like at this point, like like we know that Gerard really identifies with drag queens specifically, like many divine references. Yeah, like really yeah. connect with drag queens, popping up to be a queer elder every now and then, you know. <sighs> yeah, and and now here we are. And now here we are. We're touring, we're wearing a lot of little costumes. We're wearing a lot of crazy little costumes. Yeah, yeah, which is awesome. And, like, I love that there's, no, there's like, not that much cohesion between it. Like, we've got a couple of clown references. we got a couple yeah. of ponchos. Yeah. But I think it's kind of just whatever Gerard wants to wear that day. Somebody posted on Instagram about how they were, like, actually tailoring this dress for Gerard. Um, yeah. that this is this was a very intentional costume choice, which also makes yeah. me think that things like Filth Clown and the the Doug Poncho <laughs> yeah. were like very intentional like fashion choices. That's part of the tour, that's part of the show now. Um yeah. is what is Gerard gonna be wearing? Hey. One, two, I don't know, cheers. One, two, three, four. <laughs> oh, keep going. Um, you know what we're looking for? It's spirit. Go team. <laughs> uh, That's exactly it. That was a great cheer. Thank you. It's cheerleaders. <laughs> it's cheerleaders. Gerard wasn't wearing just any skirt. It was a cheer skirt. It was um, a fucking cheerleaders dress, dude. That okay, was a yeah, cheer it uniform. It was like a full cheer uniform, like vintage. It had the vintage. Um, like the puffy the little puff sleeves, sleeves. yeah crazy <laughs> we i also i wanted to talk about just like why like cheerleaders as a symbol and then like what dressing up as a cheerleader does uh, like yeah. beyond just a like major gender move because obviously this is a major gender move and then like also thinking about the way that cheerleaders have featured in other mcr things I was reading a Fangoria article, um, as one does, um, as one does when researching for their MCR podcast. Um, but like, yeah, I was interested in like, you know, cheerleaders are a major staple of American media. They, they do a lot. Right. And they're also like a major staple of like a broader social understanding of American life that like, they're the girls at the game. They're supporting the boys. And it's this like, big performance of heteronormativity right the mm-hmm. boys are all aggressive and the girls are all supportive and the girls are pretty and they're kind of like i don't know the figure of the cheerleader is kind of a leader in their own community but ultimately it's this like they're like these are the roles for men and women in traditional 1950s totally. america yeah blah, blah, blah. this fangoria article was talking about like okay horror movies where cheerleaders get killed what's that about and I think that's a right. really interesting take on, like, the cheerleader figure is, like, why, I don't know, like, within a horror storytelling kind of narrative, there's, like, a deviation from a role that gets punished by that character getting murdered, right? And when yeah. a cheerleader does something that kind of violates the expectation of um, either that heteronormative role, that, like, pure and sweet and good 
kind of thing, that person gets murdered. Where can we see this in contemporary American media? I direct you to Stranger Things season four. (laughs) Yeah, wow. It happened immediately, huh? It happens right out the gate. It happened immediately. I think it's less about punishment this time, like less about like she is fucked up for looking for drugs and more like we are doing this as a shock. It's still the same thing, right? It's still like it's shock. You're trying to kill the most pure, innocent and therefore like kind of infantilized character Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in order to like give it a reason for this like staple of white cis heteronormative maleness to target someone else. Right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just thinking about how cheerleaders are, like, these objects of desire, but then are also so frequently, like, the mean girls or the villains in narratives. Um, Yeah, they are. And are often, like, a target. I think the Fangoria article was talking about this, too. Like, a target of, like, post-9-11 misogyny. Like, very violent misogyny. Yeah, I mean, not even post-9-11. Right, just generally. It's the Um, Madonna whore complex, babes. Absolutely it is. Oh, God. Foundations. It <laughs> just hit me. No, I know. I oh. know. Yeah, yeah. Oh. No, it's it, like it really is, though, right? Oh, like, my God. They're, they're sweet. They're staples of their community. They're helping out at the food drive. And also, they're like, they're sex symbols. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be punished for that. And so when Gerard Way puts on a cheerleader uniform and says he gets to die a saint, but she will always be a whore, I say, excuse me? Ex- fucking excuse me? I didn't think about that until right now. It's that deviance from that role. It feels so much more, like, significant, like, in this space, right? I mean, we've cultivated... Now that... Now in 2022, we've cultivated a space in the scene that is, like, very LGBT-friendly, very queer, very, like... There's a lot of women and stuff that are into... um, A lot of women and trans people and queer people that are into MCR. So, like, it's different, right? It's not as transgressive in that same way as, like, when they would, like, kiss Frank Iero on the mouth in front of... Lincoln Park fans, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's not the same, mm-hmm. but it is also like I'm pure and innocent and also look at my fucking skirt. Mhm. Mhm. You can see you can see right up my skirt, baby. <laughs> I'm twirling I'm twirling around. You can see right up, you know. Yeah. yeah. It's both. It's both. It's both. It's both. Yeah. It's both. And I mean, I guess I'm also thinking about it. I don't know if I'm going to say this well, but like he gets to die a saint. That's the conformity to the expectation, right? Right. She's the whore. I'm dressing as a girl on stage. And that that's that's the breaking with the the norm. But I do like the both at once as well. I think that's Yeah, really I nice. mean No, totally. I think that's also true, especially knowing what we know about Gerard and Gerard breaking with this kind of like martyr complex that mm-hmm. I feel like they've often had mm-hmm. historically and like I think part of foundations is kind of this like we talked about this last time, but part of Foundations is this kind of, like, breaking with this idea of legacy and, like, being like, well, you do it now. It's you now. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not fucking doing it anymore. Yeah. You know? It's not, I'm not, a, I'm not martyring myself anymore for right. you. And so, right, instead of being that saint, they're like, well, now I'm the, now I'm the fucking slut, babes. To be living in Gerardway's slut era is, um... Listen, we're living in the best version of this timeline, for sure. They shaved their legs, dude. They shaved their legs. Whoo, boy! It's a good one. We look. know that y'all are on Tumblr.com because you follow us. And, follow us. Um, watching people cycle from just, like, awe to, like... To horny. Immense horniness <laughs> so fast. To horny, awe to horny so fast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then right back, and then to, right awe back to awe again. Is, yeah. Yeah, it's been it's been a it long is. cycle. Um, it's been a, it's been the, a real the cycle. The last few hours. Um, yeah, it's been yeah a lot. Yeah. 
So the cheerleader. The cheerleader. That's the cheerleader. That's the figure of the cheerleader. And I think that, I mean, there's more to be said, obviously, about queer cheerleaders, which we're going to talk about next. But, like, doing things with that figure and violating things with that figure, I think, is something yeah. that people in media try to do a lot. But I think Gerard's doing a something lot. new, especially when you think about it in the context of the band, the lore of the band. Um, yeah. And just that it's real. Like, just that it's, like, right. <laughs> we're not just playing with images, sounds, and colors here. Like, this is what, this means something to Gerard Way. Like, not to Correct. put words in their mouth, but, like, reading from context and text, um, we know that this is someone whose gender expression matters to them a lot. And to see them make a big gender expression move, um, it's, it's, it's real. It's, like, actually... That, that yeah. matters more than someone just trying to tell a story, I think. Queer cheerleaders, shall we? Queer cheerleaders. So, Marin, yeah. I have a confession to make to you. Live on this podcast. Oh, God. Okay. I've never seen Jennifer's body. I've never seen oh, it. Oh, each hey. I've never seen You it. definitely gotta... Hey, I know, I know. I the only reason... No, it's okay. I hadn't seen it until very recently. I think I okay. saw it last year. Okay. Yeah, so I'm okay. not that's why I'm not reacting very much. Okay. Um then that's fine. You you do got to watch it though. I know. I know. Mm-hmm. Tell me about it. Jennifer is a cheerleader. She's a popular girl. She's kind of a bitch. Um and she is like ki- killed in a satanic ritual. Cool. Um by a band who captures her and ritualistically kills her. Oh, whoa. Okay. It is a very thinly veiled rape allegory. And she doesn't die and basically becomes a succubus and like seduces men and kills them. So that's basically her deal. That's basically her Um, deal. (laughs) And she has a very intense lifelong relation, like friendship with her best friend. Okay. I mean, the director has said it's about like that very confusing nature of like, being long-term female friends with somebody yeah. um and specifically being a teenage girl and like having confusing feelings for your friends where it's like bordering romance like you're so obsessed with this friend that you've had that it's like yeah it, it is obsession right like you're obsessed with them in a way that's like romantic and platonic and you don't really know what it is so i think there's like a huge element of that but I think it kind of flips it a little bit on its head, right? Where she, like, obviously has this horrible thing happen to her, but she doesn't just get fucking killed off, like, brutally killed off, like, yeah. slasher style. Like, it's a revenge fantasy. Totally. It's a good-for-her movie, you know? Yeah. So what do, we, what do we do with the queer cheerleader figure here? That's a great question. I mean, we can also... We should also talk about the classic queer cheerleader. Oh, yes. In But, I, in but I'm uh-huh. a Cheerleader. Natasha Lyonne has done a lot for me, um, and a lot specifically yeah. in this movie. Hey. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. She's done a lot for me personally, uh-huh. maybe. Um, yeah. I think for But I'm a Cheerleader, that movie is so rich with, like, thinking about performativity and thinking about, like, the the clothes you wear and the actions that you do. What does that matter for your gender? Does it mean anything at all? Sometimes, like, sometimes it does and, like, that you can't, you can't convert yourself just by trying to, to, to wear right. something different or act differently. Like, um, that's one layer to it. And then that's why the, I mean, the whole title exists, the whole, like, she thinks it's impossible for her to actually be queer because of this role that she's slotted herself into. She's trying to do it right. Like she's trying to do all of the things that's, that are expected of her. 
Um, but she can't get it right. I can't be gay. I'm a cheerleader. I yeah. can't be gay. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, that like references back to like the, 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 the very heteronormative balancing of those roles in, in a school. Yeah. And that like, even though she's trying to slot herself into that from the beginning, um, she can't, she never can successfully because it's not real right. because it's not real for her. Yeah. So when you queer the cheerleader, mm-hmm. you inherently are breaking these like bonds and themes in like cis heteronormative expectation. Absolutely. Because it's such a symbol. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's often the image of the cheerleader is she's Absolutely. like upper middle class. She's pretty. She's blonde. She's, she's white. waiting until she's white. She's waiting till marriage. She's all of these things. And when you make her queer, mm-hmm. oh fuck. Mm-hmm. All of that mm-hmm. goes down the drain, dude. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And like the cheerleader in the horror movie hel- helps that stand out because you can see all of the spaces that when someone steps away from those expectations of the cheerleader, that yeah. comes back to bite them as a societal like correction or whatever. Yeah. And that, 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 that being gay is one of those things. Absolutely. You wrote down also Glee. <laughs> I did write down also Glee. Funny. Yeah. But I think it's relevant because like mm-hmm. the first time you see the cheerleaders in Glee, it's literally like Quinn Fabray like I say a little prayer for you uh-huh. is the first song that the cheerleaders sing in Glee. If anyone's a if anyone's a Gleek out there. Were you a Gleek? I was a Gleek. I was also a Gleek. <laughs> yeah. I of mean, course. I feel like, you know, if you're a theater kid at all. Yeah. And the the immediate positioning of the cheerleaders is that they're like conservative but also fucking you know mm-hmm. like it, they they embody the madonna horror complex immediately and then yeah. you know later in the show santana and britney are allowed to be to like break those those expected roles i guess right yeah but it's also an evidence of like cheerleaders are the assumed like object of heterosexual desire right totally like that, that's just yeah. part of it i mean just like in glee that it is ju- it's yeah. just stated that the cheerleaders are hot it's just like that's where, like, part of the sexual aspect of it is that they're desired, not that they're necessarily into it. I don't know. They're there to be viewed. They're there to be watched. They're there to be... <laughs> they're there to be used. Yeah. If you're going to have masculine men on... Which, whatever, I mean... You know, they're engaging in this, like, homosocial ritual mm-hmm. where they're tackling each other and it's manly, manly, and it's super masculine, mm-hmm. and you need something pretty and feminine to stick next to it Absolutely. in order to fulfill. You gotta be able to look at... You gotta be able to look at our expectations on the field. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you gotta be able to look at it mm-hmm. and see it mm-hmm. all right there. The American dream. The American dream. There it is. There it is. They're living it out. Yeah. yeah. Something I was gonna say earlier, like... It, it makes, like, homosocial spaces not an issue when you have girls around. Totally. It makes... That's so true, Edith. And that goes both ways, right? Yeah. It makes no, you're so right. those, like, communities of women, if they are the object of men's desires and they're reciprocating yeah. it, then it's fine to just hang out with girls. And right. it, it's not queer. It's If that other aspect yep. is there to balance it out, it's perfectly fine. Yeah, we see that in Glee. <laughs> we see that in Glee for sure. Um, but like that's that's part of what makes I think holds together the the heterosexuality of these like single gender dominated spaces. Okay, so queer cheerleaders. Yeah, what do they what do they do for our analysis of Gerard Way? 
the reason why it's important to just like analyze the ways that like cheerleaders have been used as a figure to like dismantle those kinds of structures like gives us a little mm. more a little bit more information about like maybe how Gerard has used that in MCR mm-hmm. as as a narrative figure or as a visual as a visual figure yeah um and now and now to now yesterday mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. also in in their outfit absolutely absolutely okay yeah. agreed um yeah. so should we move on to how let's move on to just cheerleaders and MCR yeah because I think it's they're super there. interesting. They're really there. They're, like, really there. Yeah. We were like, is this relevant? And then we were like, holy shit, no, it's so relevant. Wait, it's, it's like super so relevant. relevant. Yeah. yeah. So we see cheerleaders first in the I'm Not Okay video. Um, yeah. Seminal American masterpiece, the I'm Not Okay video. Cultural reset, the I'm Not Okay video. Yeah. The girl that Frank does not kiss, cheerleader. <laughs> this video as a whole is, like, the, the whole, like, cheerleader jock conflict that we talked about earlier and especially its role in like upholding heteronormativity we are watching them shit on that right like that's what this video is is it is yeah it's actually pretty complex it's actually super complex it's happening on a lot of different levels but like as they are fucking with this school that that's what they're doing that's what they're like is specifically pushing on this jock cheerleader heteronormative tension right i'm not yeah. th- this video is gay hey um hey remember when that guy checks out that other guy if you ever feel curious uh-huh. and then there's two dudes in a locker room and they're checking each other out each other out but i think it is even more subtly queer for frank to not kiss the cheerleader that's in the same vein yeah that's what makes that scene so funny mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's what makes it funny right. is because he's like you know, you're using like a typical, a typical like pickup line, basically. Right. A typical pickup line, and then it's being like, "No, you literally have something in your yeah. eye," <laughs> and like, "Bye." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, and then proceeds to kiss Gerard way on the cheek. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we know, we know what you're about. Uh huh. We we got it. We got it. Yeah. yeah. There's also that photo shoot that's from about the same time when the cheerleaders are covered in blood, but you know, the cheerleader covered in blood that points back to the the cheerleader in like 80s horror movies um there's some kind of deviance there that they're both kind of participating in and um bringing about i don't know yeah do you have more to say about cheerleaders and i'm not okay no i mean yeah i think that's true i think there's also just like i mean right the whole thing is like they're holding croquet mallets and they're about to go beat up some jocks and like the one of the first shots of the thing is gerard like on a diving board with a bunch of dudes in Speedos diving off in their little swim meet next yeah. to them. Like, it's totally playing with, like, look at this, like, ridiculous, feminine, nerdy, dorky, like, outcast group right. of dudes who are, like, coming into conflict with this, like, very stereotypical, hyper-masculine, homosocial... Sure. I think that they're, like... A, like, it creates this tension between those things. But B, it also, like, points out the things yeah. that are similar, right? Where it's like, oh, look, like, these dudes are looking at each other. And also, these dudes are kissing each mm-hmm. other on the face, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, I think it's pointing out also, like, kind of the hypocrisy in the hypermasculinity Absolutely. of those spaces. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think that also, like, it sets them up as the outcasts. And that kind of slotting follows yeah. them for the rest of forever 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 and i think that's a good transition into talking about teenagers and the blood music video 
because that's we're we're back at the high school, right? Like we're back in this. We're at a pep rally, and there are cheerleaders yeah. dancing with gas masks. The cheerleaders are kind of just there yeah. to look sexy and a little weird. I mean, they're there to look sexy and they're there to look off-putting. Yeah, they've put enough dirt yeah. on those cheerleaders that it's strange. <laughs> it's weird to look at a little bit. Yeah, right. And it's also like I don't know, like what I'm thinking about right now is like, like what can we say about like the image of the gas mask sure. specifically? 1950s atomic era hide under your desks and wait out the war and that's high school school? and that's being a teen yeah yeah just being a teen or just like not your peers not liking you right just waiting that out and from there we go to the locker rooms and we are we're behind the scenes with my chemical romance and the cheerleaders are hanging out dancing again and that could not matter could not matter one bit could not they are not looking at him they could still you know what's much more interesting in that music video frank's dog <laughs> it's so much more interesting for me bob Breyer, yikes to be just like looking to just be touching mikey way <laughs> just just yeah that's yeah. what that's that's the interest and it's so subtle too like it's not yeah. made theatrical in any way or intentional but they are not interested in the cheerleaders but right. if as a viewer it's such a strange video because they are not engaging with these background performers at all. Right. And I think that that honestly, like that's like their most homoerotic video, like for sure. Yeah. And it's because of that. It's because they're using these like characters that are like the the object of a male gaze. Yeah. And they're not looking at them. Mm -hmm. They're Mm -hmm. not looking at them. They're not really asking the audience to look at them. They're having the cheerleaders touch them. And they're not touching the cheerleaders. Yeah. So it, like, totally changes the way that you read them, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, It's so subtle, but it's so effective. And it also makes me think, like, okay, cheerleaders in an MCR video in general, what does this do from, like, I'm Warner Brothers, and I want these music videos to get some eyes on them. Yeah. But I know that, like there's already a weird gender dynamic with this band. Something's up. So we kind of need to balance it out a little bit. Yeah. So let's put some cheerleaders in there. And then guys who listen to MCR can talk about how they like the girls in the video and they don't have Mm -hmm. to say anything about the boys. Could be something. Could be be something. Could be something. I, I, I just, I think that that that's part of like the figure of the cheerleader overall is for that to be the place where you can default direct your attention. Totally. That that's, or attraction. Yeah, or desire, right? and I mean, totally, I agree. And it makes me think of like, I don't have any other examples specifically right now that I've thought of, of like bands specifically, like dude bands, like using cheerleaders as like a visual mm-hmm. in their shit. Like, I don't have any specific examples of that, mm-hmm. but I do know that like, you know, there have been many bands and metal bands and stuff like that that have used, like, whatever, half-naked women and stuff like that, like, strung up to be looked at Absolutely. as a way of shocking people. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. for sure. Like, for yeah. sure, like, we've used that a lot of times. Women being sexy in order to either be shocking or to be desirable or to be hot for the band or to be ogled. Mm-hmm. Like, 
that's just like often how it's used. And so it's it's really fun. Like, yeah, like if that was Warner Brothers' intention, holy shit, did they fail? They failed so hard. <laughs> yeah. Because Gerard Way said, well, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to look a little strange and off-putting and I'm going to look more feminine. Than, like, uh-huh. like, I'm going to look so feminine that you are like just drawn to my off-putting femininity instead of like these supposed objects of like femininity and sexuality around me. Mm-hmm. Um so, yeah, like, if that was Warner Brothers' intentions, like, they really failed. But if that was, like, just a move on the band's part, like, wow. Brilliant. Good job, <laughs> Gerard. Like, Good job, Gerard. You knew exactly what you were doing. Yeah. I don't know. I think that might have something to do with it. Just that the cheerleaders keep popping up um, when they don't really need to. They popped up again. They popped up again. It just not where we expected them, but whoa. And this time, Gerard's the cheerleader. Gerard's the cheerleader. Gerard's the cheerleader now. So let's talk about that. Let's yeah. talk about that. With all of that context, with all of that background for what cheerleaders do in media, what does it mean for Gerard Way to put on a cute little cheerleading outfit? It's important to note also, like, they've dressed up as jocks before. Yeah. Yes. Like, they've yeah. dressed up as football players uh-huh. before. And like, this has been a costume worn... for a point. Yeah. Right. Like, and that's fun because it's like, there's this kind of dynamic there, right? Where Gerard Way will dress up as a little football player mm-hmm. and then we'll be like, look at how butch I am. Yeah. And then strut around the stage and like uh-huh. shake their hips and be intentionally, intentionally utilizing like that homosocial context, like yeah. a homoerotic context. Yeah. But to make yourself the cheerleader, mm-hmm. you've, que- you've queered being a cheerleader mm-hmm. immediately. Mm-hmm. just by like the nature of like who you are who you are as a person right right you reach that same thing of like the deviant cheerleader figure by mm-hmm. just putting that costume on mm-hmm. and i think a major difference there between being the little jock and being the cheerleader is that one is a joke and one isn't you're so right being no, the jock is so to put right. a little bit of femininity on it and to make fun of it a little bit. But Gerard Way wore that cheerleading outfit very seriously. Like dead serious. Very dead serious had it tailored. Like yeah. that it was not half-assed. It was not to mock femininity in any way. It was to embrace yeah. femininity and to celebrate right. it and to participate yeah. in, it, in it and share it. And, and, do, a, and do a little twirl and do a little high do kick a little and twirl. say go team. And a lot of bouncing. It's not a joke. It's real. And that's, I think, why it is such an effective queer move. Because to make it a joke is to still, like, hold it straight, you know? But to embrace it, it's so... Once again, MCR is so sincere. It's not just a costume, you know? No, it's not. I mean, I think that there's elements of a, of it being a costume, right? Like, in just in that, it like it is like a fun little outfit, right? And like the three other guys are all wearing the same They're shirt. They're also wearing matching shirts. But it's shirts. like, yeah. But it's like, okay, so what? You're cheerle- You're the cheerleader for Team Mikey Fucking Way, you know uh-huh. right? Like, yeah. maybe that's what it is. But yeah. like, if that's what it is, it's so subtle that it's like not noticeable as that. And also, it's like he didn't go on stage and then was like, "I'm a little cheerleader." He got on stage and he was like. I'm just, like, gonna be, I'm just being myself. I'm gonna play like, the did, show, I'm Gerard Way, and I'm playing the show, yeah. He didn't bring it up, it's not like he was, like, so I'm wearing a skirt, you know what I'm saying? Well, he didn't he bring did it up at all. The, he until said, later, the until only later. Thing, yeah, 
that he was bummed about not getting to wear it again. Right. So he didn't say that until like way, way later in the show. Yeah. It's not like he like came out and was like, so something's different. So here you are. Blah, blah, no. Blah, blah. Like, it yeah. wasn't a bit. No. It wasn't at all. No. They're not the first rock star to like wear a dress. No. Kurt Cobain has worn a dress. Yes. Other, other rock stars have worn mm-hmm. dresses. Mm-hmm. But this is, it's like different. It's not, Kurt Cobain didn't wear little cheerleading uniform. Yeah. Kurt Cobain did wear a nice little dress. Um, it is a nice, no, it's a, ni- it's a lovely it's a nice little, little flowery dress. dress um, but it is not like them wearing a tiny little cheerleading uniform, for example, is different than Frank dressing in drag. It is. Because Frank yeah. is dressed in drag. Mm-hmm. Frank mm-hmm. has worn a dress, mm-hmm. worn a little flowery dress. Yeah. And Gerard putting on a tiny cheerleading uniform feels different. It feels different. And maybe it's because of the context that we have about, about them. Absolutely. Their relation to femininity and being a girl. Um, right. And feeling like a girl. Um, right. To have all of that background and then to put on a dress in front of a stadium is different than dressing in drag for a photo shoot. Um, both are great. Both are sub- subversive. But um, the way that that matters um, from what we know about Gerard Way is um, immense. Part of why this is so wonderful, I think for me as a fan, for me as a viewer of this whole thing, is like, I don't think I have a lot of like queer elder role models that actually emulate like living a life in a way that I would want to live my adulthood. And last episode, we had talked about like um, Jack Halberstam talking about how um, queer people often don't feel like adults or they don't get to experience adulthood in the same way that straight people do because it's so marked by marriage and reproduction and like yeah some queer people do that totally um but like to live queerness in a way that actively like rejects heteronormativity like you have to look elsewhere for your elders rather than just your family right and adulthood gets so closed off when you like anticipate your future as a queer person like you've got straight people who are adults and queer people who like their success might be marked by straight milestones um, living those lives out. But to get to see someone like still learning and growing and like making new choices in their 40s, um, like just gives me a lot of hope for like what a future can look like for me or other queer people to like just not be closed in by anything, to not feel like doomed to the same decisions forever right or the same routes forever yeah that's that that's why this is so moving for me i mean it's so beautiful like it's something that we know that they have thought about their whole life and it's so much more meaningful to watch somebody who is not like whatever like a conventionally attractive 20 something year old dude who's just like putting on putting something on to look sexy Mm -hmm. And that's, like, kind of what this is, but this is a 40-something-year-old person who, like, is putting this on after, like, a long, long history of, like, talking about, like, how much performing has allowed them to express femininity, but Mm -hmm. hasn't maybe felt safe to Uh be able to do something like this. Like, they were already surpassing so many boundaries by, like, 
utilizing queerness, utilizing homoeroticism, utilizing makeup, utilizing all of this stuff. Like they were already pushing a lot of those boundaries. If mm-hmm. they had come on stage in an outfit like that in the early 2000s, it would have been dangerous. It would yeah. have been dangerous, especially like early on and stuff yeah. for them. Like, I mean, it was dangerous for them already. They were right. dangerous. They were like, dangerous. They were, they were like, they were utilizing as we've talked about, these themes of queerness uh-huh. um, in a time and in a scene that was so not receptive to that. Yeah. And doing that, bringing that kind of femininity in that wasn't necessarily tied to, like, a homoeroticism, bringing in, like, pure femininity yeah. would have been really difficult. Yeah. So, like, the fact that they, like, feel safe enough uh-huh. now to be able to do that and also just to, to be able to explore like that yeah. is so cool. And to be able to explore like that, like, when, like, Mikey's girls are in the crowd. Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. he's doing it in front of his, like, nuclear family. And the entire band, too, right? That everyone there is behind him, too. I know. They're all behind him. He's in his 40s. He's wearing a tiny cheerleader uniform, dude. He's wearing something that's, like, a representative of young femininity absolutely and like that inherently is still like really discursive and totally different from Mm -hmm. like a young 20 year old dude wearing a skirt or wearing a dress it's different it is different it's red different he's a father yeah like maybe a little bit more dangerous than than like a 20 something year old conventionally attractive guy like it is yes because it's looked at differently it's looked at like maybe there's something wrong with you like maybe Uh right like maybe you're a freak Uh maybe you're Uh actually maybe you're actually revealing something about yourself maybe you mean it maybe you mean it maybe you mean it maybe it's not a performance yeah because you're in your 40s and you have a kid yeah maybe you mean it oh yeah that tension, that, that, I mean, there's the expectation. There is the, like, straight timeline expectation that here is your lane as a father. Right. And why are you wearing a cheerleading uniform? Yeah. That that makes it still dangerous, right? right. That was going to be my follow-up question is, like, is this still dangerous? Is, like, if they feel safe enough to do this, is it still dangerous? I think absolutely fucking And is. I think it is. Yeah, I think it is. And I'm, I'm sure, like... I don't know. I hate to think about this, but, like, I'm sure it did make some people uncomfortable. You I'm know? sure it did. No, I'm sure and it did. Yeah. I, I, but <laughs> my corner of the internet is loving every second of it. However, yeah. I'm sure it did make some people uncomfortable or think twice about something. And that's what it's fucking supposed to do. I didn't think it would affect me so much mm-hmm. watching Gerard Way just, like, wearing this dress and interacting with his bandmates the same way that they always interact where they're, like, pressing their faces against one another. Yeah. And they're, like, holding each other's faces. And they're just, like, playful and stuff. But it really affected me a lot as a trans person. Yeah. <laughs> like, watching somebody be openly, blatantly gender nonconforming. And be loved and stood behind like that. Was, like, yeah, no, we're, like, both crying right now. <laughs> yeah. Was, like, really, really beautiful. Like, really beautiful. It's also cool to, like... I mean, not to be parasocial, but it's cool to be part of that. Like, it's it cool is. to... I, I mean, we'll be in that crowd here in a sec. But, like, like meet someone who is taking a risk with so much love is... Yeah. Cool. 
Feels well, because we and and because we know because we know that they're doing it with love because we right. because they've oh, shown right. time and time again that they're dedicated to trans people and the protection of trans people and like mm-hmm. increasing like all of this stuff and like they started talking about that like yeah mostly really post MCR like really 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 talking about it and their bandmates fucking saw that and their yeah. bandmates understood like hey something's going on here clearly mm-hmm. um. And be and also became really vocal advocates or much more vocal advocates specifically for trans causes. Like, do you think that Frank Iero would be like making trying to make binders or whatever if he didn't have someone in his life like Gerard or like Laura Jane Grace or like stuff like that? Yeah. And if those people weren't like really bringing this sense of safety to a fan base that is now really dominantly queer and trans. Mm-hmm. Um, like, if that hadn't happened, like, I don't think that that would have happened for him either. Like, yeah. Ugh, so much joy. It's just joy. That's the thing, too. Like, watching them twirl around. Yeah. Watching them do, like, a silly little dramatic twirl and Ray, Ugh. like, laugh and clap at yes. them. Yes. Like, yeah. You know, like, we can look back to the stuff that they've said and that they, like, mm-hmm. want to make people who are women and men and everyone in between, like, feel at ease and feel comfortable. Yeah. And, like, I don't think, like without their, like, reaching out and connecting with, like, trans community, like, post-MCR, without their, like, really, like, their really vocal um, support of trans issues and also connection with trans fans and, like, further understanding, like, why people, like, headcanon party poison is non-binary, further understanding and, like, engaging with queer community and, like, hearing from, I'm sure, people that they know, like, Grant Morrison, who is non-binary, like, hearing and engaging with all of those kinds of things, like, it's so amazing to watch them like the last time that they were performing um, for their solo project, like talking so much about trans issues and being super vocal about this stuff and coming back after a long break and wearing a dress. Yeah. And that it was part of the plan that it was a plan. Right. I think that's also like, they didn't just stop by Goodwill. That's part of it. Not being a joke um, is that this was, it was very deliberate. Yeah. To wear not just a dress, but a vintage cheerleading uniform. Uh, yeah. I feel like I could talk about this all day, um, and I would say the same thing 24 times. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah no, exactly. In conclusion, something really big happened yesterday. Yeah. That was really moving um, for queer fans, definitely. Specifically, people who know how Gerard has thought and talked about gender in the past, using that context, um, this is um, real. It's really major to see somebody embracing femininity and having other people embrace them because of it. Um, yeah. is fucked up and crazy and cool. <laughs> it's fucked up and crazy and cool, and I'm super excited to see them wear their dad outfits. <laughs> And then to see them wear whatever else they're going to fucking wear on this tour. Yeah. I'm super excited. I'm super excited. And it's really beautiful to see somebody representing, like, gender queerness and being gender nonconforming. And just, like, he's never wanted to be, like, fully labeled, right? So we're not labeling him with any of this stuff. And I want to, I do want to make that clear. But they have also consistently and constantly been outspoken and aligned themselves with these values. And it's really, really, like, and with these identities and with... Um, this community and so it's really really beautiful to get to watch them do this and receive like a huge outpouring of support from a community that they have cultivated they made it 
Yeah. The reason yeah. why the MCR fandom is the way that it is now is because of them. Like, it is, you yeah. know? And that's yeah. really cool to see. A culmination of something that led so many people to a specific version of queerness or a lot of different versions of queerness. I just, to watch that still playing out for someone, that's cool. It's in progress. And I think that's what's part of what's beautiful of like looking at an adult who is trying something new or trying something transgressive is that like they're they're also in progress and that like adulthood doesn't have to feel like a closing off of anything in conclusion um we love gerard way so we much love gerard way thank you gerard we love way. gerard way we love gerard way gerard way shot a transgenderism beam into my head when i was um uh-huh. approximately nine years old and, yep. it, and i'm still dealing with the repercussions today yeah. yes and i will for the rest of my life I'm sure. and i will for the rest of my life <laughs> So, we would usually hear talk about our favorite parts of the tour, but that's basically what we have oh, done that's this basically entire episode. The whole episode. But, should we talk about, like, what we're doing for the tour? Oh, yeah. Would that be good? Totally. Let's talk about things that haven't happened yet that we're excited for. I mean, okay, how about just as a note, let's just start by yeah. saying we're going to be at seven tour dates. Seven. If, if you're going to be at any of these tour dates, um, which are... <laughs> Albany uh, next Tuesday. Holy shit. Um, <laughs> if you're going to be at the Albany tour date, if you're going to be in Montreal, if you're going to be at the first, the second, second Boston, Boston date, show. if you're going to be at the first Brooklyn show, if you're going to be at Riot Fest or Minneapolis or Newark. Newark one. Newark the first night. Newark the 20th. We will be at all of those shows. We're going to be in the pit. We will likely be queuing for a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll maybe post about it when we're there. You should come talk to us yeah. if you are at any of those shows. And um, I want to talk to you about this also, but I think it'd be really interesting to do something. We've been thinking about making an episode about emo fandom, and I think it'd be a really great opportunity to maybe interview some people or talk to some people online. Oh, yeah. Um, yes. So if you are interested in that and you want to be interviewed, Maybe we'll make some friends with some of you in line and we'll talk about some emo fandom. Yeah. Could be a ton of fun. Um, and holy shit, I'm excited for the rest of this tour. It's only night three that this it's is happening. So three. it's going to be a great. Yeah. So let's just say that first. But mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. else are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to seeing them so many times. So <laughs> yeah. many. Because the, the experience is different every single night. From yeah, their set, list, their set list has been different every night so far. Like, yeah. 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 So I'm, oh God, I, I'll say this. I know Desert Song is coming. I know it's coming. I feel it in my bones. It's coming. It's going to happen. Maybe it'll happen tonight. Maybe it'll happen in Albany. Um, and that would be really cool. But I know Desert Song is, is coming. Um, Frank Iero, you're not slick. Um. <laughs> no, dude, no. He's fucking so not. He, he, he can't shut his damn mouth. And he needs to give it away. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, so yes, that I I am looking forward to hearing Desert Song because I know it's coming. Me too. Desert Song, one of the top, one of the songs of all time. Um, and Frank and Frank agrees. So yeah, thanks, Frank. Um, yeah, I agree. I'm really excited to see what other kinds of like 
deep cuts they're gonna pull because they've been really playing songs that I just have not expected. I would never in a million, I would never in a million fucking years, never in a million years, have expected that they would play Bury Me in Black. Ever. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. I had, I literally never expected that. The fact that they played that, the fact that they played Best Day Ever, the fact that they're playing these songs that like, the world is ugly. Like, I had no, Mm -hmm. like, what? These are just, these feel so random to me. Um, And that's so exciting exciting. to be like, oh, they're changing this shit up and they're playing straight fucking bangers. Hang them high. Boy division. Like, they're trying to kill us. They're trying to kill us. Um, So I'm super stoked to see what other um, deep cuts they do. And I'm... They've been doing really cool stuff with, like, intros and things like that. Like, they changed up the, like, sleep intro. And, like, their transitions between songs are always really interesting Mm -hmm. and, like, makes the experience of listening to certain songs that you've listened to, like, hundreds of times, whatever. Like, very different Mm -hmm. when you're actually experiencing it in the crowd. And then I'm really, um, I'm really stoked for that. I'm I'm excited to hang out with you. I haven't seen you in a while. I'm, (laughs) hey, I'm excited to hang out with you too, dude. It's going to be so fun. I'm like really, 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 really excited. Um, yeah. See you soon, bitch. So see you soon, bitch. (laughs) Gerard Way. (laughs) See you soon, bitch. Um, all right. Where can you find us? Oh, man, where can you find us? So you can find us um, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That's where you can listen. Um, You can find us on Tumblr at honeythispodcast.tumblr.com. Honey This Pod on Twitter, where we don't post. Um, We do not post at all. We we should really just, like, stop saying that we are on Twitter. (laughs) I know. We're, like, (laughs) Don't follow us on Twitter. We're not going to say anything. If Twitter is, like, the only website that you have access to, you need to change something about your life. Um, you definitely haven't found us. Is you haven't the thing. found us, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're also on Instagram at Honey This Podcast. Um, and are there other places where we are? I think that's kind of it. You can see us on Gerard tweets. Oh yes. Um, EJ will. EJ is mostly moderating that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on uh, Taste of Chaos 2005 at Tumblr.com. Yeah, and I am at boy zone.tumblr.com. So zone come hang out. Zone of boys. It's the zone of um, boys. The division of boys. The zone of boys. Yeah, the division of boys. The zone of boys. Yeah. <laughs> so hope to see you in the pit. And if not at one of those shows, hope you get in the pit. Um, hope you get in the pit. Or or just in the stadium and you get to see yeah. them. Yeah. Um, hope you get to see them. Um, and if not, We'll see you. We'll see you reblogging every photo of Gerard yeah. in the skirt, <laughs> and we will be doing the same. See you online. <laughs> yeah, see you online.